Hey, welcome back to All That's Interesting, the sparkly aquatic edition. <laughs> Today is episode 157. Fish, yes, fish, may sense each other's fear and glitter is in our water, and that's not good. My friends, you know, if we're not examining a deep hole or peering into the unfathomable depths of the universe or pulling a parasite out of the human body, we're probably talking about a recent discovery about fish. It's true, these little ones are just full of surprises. And cocaine. We covered that wild ride back in episode 112, What's With All These Aquatic Creatures Testing Positive for Cocaine? That was the actual title. Also, way the fuck back in episode 049, we reported that goldfish, gigantic, gigantic, chunky goldfish, are taking over Minnesota. And, delightfully of all, back in In Inbetweeny 072, we now know that goldfish, not the same ones in Minnesota, but I'm assuming if given the opportunity, they totally could, goldfish can navigate tiny cars. I know. I know, it's 100% true, it's 100% adorable, and if you haven't had a listen or seen the photos on our social media stuffs, your life is incomplete. So please, 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 <laughs> pause this and go fix that right the fuck now. When you come back, in the first half of this show, we are going to cover a brand new groundbreaking study on the teeny, teeny zebrafish, which could imply that all fish in general, may have their own version of empathy. Yes, you fucking heard me. That dramatic pause was apt. In the study published in a sorry, delete, delete, delete. In a study published this past March in the journal Science, researchers discovered the same hormone and brain mechanism responsible for human empathy in zebrafish. Now, they may look completely different from us. Uh, for example, they're only a wee inch to an inch and a half in length. As an adult, they develop stripes that run along the length of their body, looking blue in color, and females may have a tint of rouge now and then due to the eggs they're carrying. But differences are just skin deep here. When their genome was sequenced back in 2013, a whopping 84% of genes associated with human diseases have a zebrafish counterpart. And their muscle, blood, kidney, and eyes share features with our own human systems. So we're a lot alike it seems. And this list of similarities just got a smidge longer. We are going to get into that. Then after the break, oh boy, okay. <clears throat> I really, truly hate to bring this news to my LGBTQAI plus LGBTQA eligibility family. But please, if you're standing, if you're standing, please have a seat, okay? I just, I just listen, look, I love you. And we're going to get through this together. We're going to have to cut back on the glitter. I know, it's just—it's the worst news you've heard, like, ever, I know. But look, the only thing queerer than us is nature, and she's in trouble, girl. It's our gay duty to come to her rescue. That's what we swore during all those indoctrination ceremonies. But for real, a country that loves itself some glitter, Brazil. Yes, Brazil, specifically the University of Sao Paulo, found that particles of glitter can hinder the growth of important organisms. One's vital to maintaining ecosystems and shit. And unfortunately, just like cocaine and a hell of a lot of other drugs, pharmaceutical included, this stuff is ending up in our waters. Who it's affecting and how, we'll get into that too. In the meantime, I'm Jill Chacha, and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock, my sublime business goose. Mm. 
we're going to begin today by charging up the old time machine overnight and dialing it way the fuck back to at least 450 million years ago. I know that's a lot, but don't worry, don't worry, we are not sticking around very long. My friends, we're just popping by because it was around this time fish and mammals officially split and formed their own separate branches on the evolutionary tree. However, thanks to a worldwide team of American, Israeli, and Portuguese researchers, it's very possible there's at least one thing we both took with us and share to this day. Oxytocin. No, not Oxycontin. I know what No, oxytocin. (laughs) Oxytocin, what is it exactly? And why in the holy hell should we care about any of the things I just said? Great questions. Quote, oxytocin is sometimes thought of as a love hormone, but Hans Hoffman, an evolutionary neuroscientist at the University of Texas at Austin, told Christina, Christina Larson of the AP, it's actually more like a thermostat that determines what is socially salient in a particular situation activating neural circuits that may make you run from danger or engage in courtship behavior, end quote. Now, I can hear you from here. Yes, running from danger or engaging in courtship behavior may sound like two very different things or the same thing to you. I don't know, but they sound mostly different, but not really when you look a little closer. Like old Hans said, oxytocin is more of a thermostat gauging a situation. This hormone is released when attempting to pick up on social cues and body language, especially when things don't seem quite right. Oxytocin makes it easier for your brain to determine how someone else is feeling. Also, you can make the right call and decide, is now a time for a hug or time to run or get stabby because it happens. In sum, (laughs) oxytocin helps regulate social behavior and empathy. And I bet You'd think these complexities would be found in just us humans or larger social mammals like elephants, and that it all appeared rather recently in the evolutionary timeline. Well, hold on to your blushing cheeks because we're about to hop back into our time machine and fast forward to March of 2023, when that worldwide team dropped a study that suggests oxytocin might have already been deep-rooted in ancient, prehistoric animals that lived hundreds of millions of years ago, maybe even before fish and mammals diverged. And the evidence they present is all inside our little friends, the zebrafish. Let's get into it, because there's a shit ton more surprises in store. So, it's imagination time. My friends, please imagine experiment numero uno, in which a single zebrafish, alone in a tank, is placed right next to another tank, containing multiple zebrafish. There they are, adorable, very calming. Breathe in. But now, in the tank filled with multiple fish, a substance known to trigger fear behavior in the species is added. I know, it sounds messed up, but please stick with me here. Quote, zebrafish are social and travel in schools in the wild. When hurt or threatened by a predator, a fish will release an alarm substance or a chemical signal that notifies others nearby of the threat. Through, though the single fish in the experiment, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> okay. Though the single fishes in the experiment were sequestered in separate tanks and weren't exposed to the alarm substance, the researchers observed that a large proportion of the fish still froze as if afraid themselves when they saw their peers reacting through two layers of glass. End quote. From Lauren Leffer, of gizmodo.com. 
That's right. My alluring business goose, visual cues alone were enough for zebrafish in completely different tanks to understand and react to their peers. This is pretty big in itself, but I know what you're thinking, smarty pants. You're probably thinking, are you sure oxytocin is like involved in here specifically? That is a great point. Let's talk about experiment number two. Quote, the team removed genes linked to oxytocin production and detection from some zebrafish, then let them observe other zebrafish that were acting afraid in a distant tank. Many of the genetically modified animals did not respond to their peers' fear, while a control group of unedited fish did. Then, when the researchers injected the genetically modified fish with oxytocin, they behaved more like the standard unmodified fish and mirrored the fright behaviors of their peers. End quote. From Sarah Kuta of smithsonianmag.com. Now, that's pretty smashing evidence right there. But it gets even fucking wackier in experiment three, when video, yes, video was thrown into the mix, because why not? My friends, imagine a tank with your average zebrafish and our crisper zebrafish missing the oxytocin genes. They're all hanging out together. It's awkward, but whatever. We've all been there. We understand. Now, outside one end of the tank, a video of a fearful fish is playing for just a few minutes. Then the video is removed. At the other end of the tank, a chill screensaver type video of the same fish is played all as well. My friends, I bet I know what you're thinking, that the average fish paid attention to the just distressed fish. And yes, you fucking nailed it. They did. Round of applause. They were totally involved. But get this. When that video was removed and the new video of the calm fish was played at the other end of the tank, the average zebrafish remained on the side where the fearful fish was located. And uh, quote, the study authors interpreted this, interpreted this to mean the zebrafish were emotionally associating and possibly even trying to comfort the fish that had displayed fear. The mutant fish, lacking oxytocin, didn't show a significant preference for either side. End quote from Laura Leffer of Gizmodo. So that's, that's some wild shit right there. And just, I, I would say even kind of sweet. Now, following this, dare I say, fun experiment, the researchers had to dig a little deeper, which involves our zebrafish making the ultimate sacrifice. I'm sorry, but their adorable teeny brains were dissected, sliced extraordinarily thin, died, and slipped under a powerful-as-fuck microscope. So, what was found? Drumroll, please. Thank you. Quote, they found that the two brain areas which seemed to be involved most with the fish's fear and social cognition social contagion were both developmentally and functionally similar to parts of the brain thought to be involved in emotional expression and empathy in mammals, humans included." End quote. Once again, from Gizmodo. So, that's deep. I think if you own a fish, please just give it a little squeeze. Just, just give it a little squeeze. Yeah, I know. For me at least. Thank you. Now, all of this is to confirm that zebrafish recognize and respond to fear in others with a change in their own behavior. But as to their exact emotional experience and thoughts, if any, we're just not sure yet. Old Hans Hoffman, in the meantime, said it best to Laura, say Lauren, <laughs> I can read my notes, best to Lauren Leffer in an email, quote, I personally don't have a problem saying these fish have sentience. They have, if you will, the ability to have an emotional life. 
It may be very different from the emotional life of humans and other animals, but nonetheless, it's there. End quote. After the break, <laughs> from Carnival to Christopher Street and everywhere in between, really, uh, glitter can be found. Even if you're not a fan, there's probably some stuck to you from a party that took place six weeks ago. It's everywhere, including our waters. So what does that mean for our microscopic aquatic amigos? Let's find out. Stay tuned. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey there. I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, there's a handful of places on Earth that when their name is uttered, your mind automatically thinks... Party. That's a party town. Let's, uh, let's give it a try, shall we? Okay, ready? Sao Paulo, right? Total party town. And there are numbers to back this up. The 2023 Carnival, which took place back in February from the 11th to the 19th, in just that week, it's estimated a whopping 46 million people joined in on the festivities. 46 million. That's more people than the two most populous cities in the world combined, Tokyo and Delhi. So it's a place that understands the power of glitter. I'm serious. Think about the thousands upon thousands of folks just decked out in gorgeous costumes. All of this is to say, naturally. Researchers at the University of Sao Paulo had a hankering that particles of this party poop might hinder the growth of organisms, important ones. Those at the base of aquatic ecosystems, such as our equally decked out friends, cyanobacteria, aka blue-green algae. Now, I, yeah, I can hear you from here. I can hear you thinking, what is so bad about glitter? I know it sticks to everything, but in our waters, really? And what is so important about blue-green algae? Who cares? You ask the best questions. Here are some not-so-fun facts about these sparklies. One. They're made up of microplastics, tiny, tiny particles under five millimeters in size and made of shit like polyethylene terephthalate LMNOP, AKA PETs, or polyvinyl chloride, AKA PVCs, and they're coated with aluminum, which creates that legendary reflective surface. Number two, because they are under five millimeters, they're too small to be filtered out by wastewater treatment plants. This means after you scrub endlessly to get this stuff out of an unspeakable crevice, it ends up flowing from your drain to rivers, beaches, and oceans. Quote, more than 8 million metric tons of glitter are estimated to have been discharged into the ocean in recent years, according to recent scientific studies. End quote. And finally, 
Number three, I know it's daunting, but this is it. Due to it being non-biodegradable, this means it, quote, harms aquatic organisms along with the entire surrounding ecosystem via ingestion, contact with toxic ingredients, and injury caused by its sharp edges, end quote. Both of those quotes from eurekaalert.org. So, my friends, glitter may be small to us, but not for those at the base of important food chains. Enter blue-green algae, which are not only tasty for some, but also fix toxic nitrogen levels and are a key player in the oxygen cycle in these environments. I don't know about you, but I think a lot of things depend on oxygen. So, as to how much glitter is needed to prove yeah, let's like can do that again. As to how much glitter needs to be present to cause a hullabaloo, you may be asking. Don't worry, I've got you. Please join <laughs> Please join me, will you, at the Center for Nuclear Energy and Agriculture of Sao Paulo. It was here. Researchers analyzed the effects of five different concentrations of glitter, for real, on two bloom-forming cyanobacteria strains. One friend named Unicellular and the other CENA. 596, or filamentous for short, and they were exposed to 0, 50, 100, 200, and 350 milligrams of glitter per liter, all while measuring cellular growth rates every three days for 21 days, using a fancy pants method called spectrophotometry. Yeah, let's say that together. Spectrophotometry. What in the holy hell is this? Don't worry. I've got you. Long story short, it's a way to use light to figure out what's in a substance or how much of something is in a substance. So my friends, once again, it's imagination time. So just imagine in front of you is a glass of dyed water. That is our substance. Uh, When you shine a light through it, some colors of the spectrum will get absorbed by the water and some will pass through. By looking at which colors get absorbed and how much, we can learn what's in the substance. It's like the sample leaves behind a color fingerprint that scientists can read to understand its makeup. In this case, they were looking for, or shall I say, they were looking to see how well these babies could photosynthesize and grow while floating around all of this glitter. So, what the fuck happened? Did glitter, like, cramp their style? Drumroll, please. Thank you. Quote, we found that increasing the amount of glitter raised the biovolume of the cyanobacterial cells and boosted stress levels that even impaired photosynthesis. And whatever affects cyanobacteria will indirectly affect other organisms in the same environment, said Mauricio Jr. Mercado. Fucking nailed that. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm going to just celebrate that for a second. Uh, Mauricio is the first author of the article and researcher in... C-E-N-A-U-S-P's Cellular and Molecular Biology Laboratory. Mauricio uh, said that to eurekaalert.org. So, all in all, that fucking sucks. When we're stressing out algae, that sucks. (laughs) Um, My friends, you don't even need to reach 350 milligrams per liter to see an effect. Our buddy, Unicellular, uh, their growth rate was at best... Uh, was best at 50 milligrams per liter and worst at 200. And for filamentous, any amount of glitter over 137 milligrams, quote, cell density was irrecoverably damaged, end quote. And that was from the study itself. So, 
just 137 milligrams. My fellow party animals, hear me. I know it's hard, but please, maybe think about cutting back on the sparkly stuff. Sure, you'll get the shakes, you'll feel some nausea, but you'll get past it together. We'll, we can do this, I promise. Now, if you're wondering about the effects of so-called biodegradable glitter that's on the market, researchers plan to perform the same tests to find out whether it causes issues. In the meantime, party responsibly, and thank you. For listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends that fish may, like, have empathy. Just, like, even more than their ex. Like, it's, it's incredible. Just, it's, and glitter. <laughs> glitter is glitter's in our water. It's making fish both anxiety-ridden and sparkly. It's bizarre. Anyway, uh, a stinging high five to the folks over at Airwave Media, the podcast network to which WTI belongs. If you love this show... You'll love the other podcasts in this family. And please, stay interesting.